Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Slay Dragons podcast, where I talk to creative people about what they do and hopefully inspire people who are interested in doing similar things. And even if you're not interested in doing something similar, a lot of these principles carry over to other areas of life. So hopefully you can get something out of it. And I'm your host, LeVar Allen. And today, uh, my guest is Tyson Dang. He is a drummer in the band Red Handed Denial, and he is very good at what he does. You can check out his stuff um, by checking out Red Handed Denial on YouTube and Spotify, and you can also find him on YouTube. He has a whole bunch of awesome drum covers that you can see there. He's very insightful and aware, so yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in, in this conversation. So I hope you enjoy episode 22 featuring Tyson Dang. What made me want to do drumming? Um, it had to do a lot with my upbringing. Uh, when I grew up in my household, uh, both my dad and my mom are musicians. Mm-hmm. My mom being a singer, and my dad is a guitar player. Okay. And um, you know, like I even have a photo somewhere lurking around of like my mom on stage when she was like back at home. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, whenever I grew up, there was always music in the household. Like I would always wake up to like my dad blasting music, um, using like you know those the dad sound systems that they always have. <laughs> yep, my dad had that too. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with like the massive speakers and the receivers and like the I don't know like five disc, five CD changers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've always wanted to have. There was always music as an influence. And I think it was when I got to maybe grade school, um, there was one of the music classes had instruments inside Mm -hmm. rather than just being like recorders and a piano. This one had a drum kit and it was like at the back of the class. And I remember every time I would always like look at it and be like, hmm, I feel like, you know, I feel like I could actually like sit behind it and try it out and it could actually work. Yeah. It might be an instrument for me, but the teacher never let me try it back then. Mm. Uh, mainly because it was like, you can only play drums if you are specifically doing something with drums for our school band. I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I actually held off until maybe high school. Um, when I got to high school, that's when I think music is the most influential. And I was sitting in class one day, I was listening to... I don't know what it was. It was either like Yellow Card or Billy Talent or something, mm-hmm. or maybe even like some 41, but I was listening to it in my headphones and I was just like banging on the table with my fingers. My friend who noticed me, he was like, Hey, you should try drums. And I was like, Oh yeah, I did want to do drums before, didn't I? So I went to, he told me that our music teacher had a drum kit as well. And it's like free to use. Mm-hmm. So I went to the music teacher and I was like, hey, like a friend of mine told me that the drum kits are free to use whenever. And he's like, yeah, you know, as long as it's uh, 
if it's a lunch period, nobody's on it, or after school, nobody's on it, you're totally free to use it, or you know, I don't have a class going on. I'm like, sweet. So one day I stopped by during a lunch period with my friend, he had his guitar, and uh, by coincidence, another friend had bass, and it was just like the three of us in a jam space just making noise for an hour. Not even coherent noise, but just <laughs> just making noise. And um, yeah, that that really um, that really opened up this new door for me. I'm like, wow, drums, drumming is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then I think I just kind of settled on that idea. Like I embraced it. I'm like, okay, uh, I, I want to be a drummer now. Nice. So, yeah. like, how did it feel sitting behind the drum kit like that day? It was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking because it's. Because this is like a completely foreign object that I've always looked at, but never, never had a chance to touch. It's kind of like when your parents let you park the car for the very first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like I don't want to. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to break it. I hope nobody, nobody's judging me. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was very nerve wracking to just be behind it, even though both friends that were in the music room with me, they knew that this was my very first time on the drum kit, but they were mm-hmm. like. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I just don't want to, you know, you're like an awkward high school kid. You just don't want to be laughed at by anybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, so how did you progress from there? Um, From there, it was a mixture of just listening. I guess as you grow throughout the years in high school, you start to develop a different taste in music or things get added to your quote-unquote playlist or mixtape mm-hmm. um and then and then that kind of expands on what you try to practice on like you start listening to more complicated things or more faster things or things that have different fills and then you're like oh that's kind of cool and then you're trying to think of how to play that stuff that have like double kicks or different symbols mm-hmm. um I, my mom started taking notice that i was getting into drums more and more so for for one of my birthdays, she actually bought me a drum kit, um, and that was really awesome. We were I was able to just play it more often at home mm-hmm. instead of just doing it during school times. And by that point, I was doing it at school like every day, every lunch hour, every day after school. My friends and I would hang out. We'd have like different mixtures of friends going into the room and hanging out as well. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. Yeah. So like right off the bat you were just hooked to the instrument yes yeah definitely okay that's awesome and um like when it comes to practicing like you were you were learning a lot of songs it sounds like um did you ever get lessons i no i never got any lessons um at that time at that time everything was purely through ear um noodling around in the music room and I had a large commute to school every day so I'd always I would always be sitting on the bus for like an hour going home and coming back and I think in that time I'm sitting on like a chair on the bus anyway so I'm able to like practice my like feet movements like kick pedals stuff like that Wow! and like you know if you're sitting on the bus and your hands are your hands are folded 
uh, you could just like use your thumbs to kind of like map out how things work with mm -hmm. your thumbs. That's how I've been doing it. So it's like practice. I practice as much as I could on the on the public transit before even getting into class. And then when I got to the drum kit, I was like, okay, well, let's uh, let's try this kick thing that I was doing and annoying everybody on the bus with. <laughs> Wow, that's really impressive. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like you found the thing that was just like really aligned with, I don't know, like so, something deep within you. It seems yeah. like you found your thing, which is amazing. Yeah, you get really obsessed with stuff. And like, you know, when you're in high school too, high, I, like I said earlier, like high, high school is the time where like most of the influence comes, I find. Mm -hmm. And whether it be music or even like anime you know there's like or video games it's that's the time where like you would find an anime and it just hits you and it stays with you or a video game that, and those are the ones that like stay with you for the longest time yeah i think it's just like a very impressionable age mm -hmm. yeah I, I definitely agree I, I listen to a lot of the same stuff that i listened to in high school and yeah some of the same shows too for so for sure Exactly. with that um so yeah like when it comes to uh, i guess the specifics of practicing like were you working on rudiments at all um no i was i was more focused on the songs themselves rather than mm -hmm. any like supplemental stuff supplementary stuff so i never really practiced on like yeah like the rudiments or paradiddles or mm -hmm. um ghost notes single strokes double strokes i never even thought about that at the time when i was doing drums it was just like yeah this song's cool i want to try to learn how to play this song and then from the songs if a song has like a cool fill in the song then that will be what i try to pick up and learn for like another day or like the next mm -hmm. cover that i would do with my friends okay yeah, but I never had a chance to actually look at the technicalities of drum playing. Okay, um, so like, were there any drummers um, specifically that you were looking at um, when you first started? Uh, oh man, yeah, there were tons. Um, the drummer from Yellow Card was the, he, I think he was a big influence. Mm -hmm. me, I don't remember his name though. Let me try to find it really quick. Okay. Da, da, da. Loganu, Loganu Parsons the third. Okay. I don't know how to say his first name, but yeah, it was, there was like so many drummers that had influenced me at the time. And then like, even the ones from like, uh, uh, Like the the drummers from like Atreyu and mm -hmm. Under Oath really stood out to me because they were like, not only were they drumming but they were also singing as well. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I think his name is Aaron, Aaron Gillespie, Aaron mm -hmm. Gillespie. Oh, I'm so bad with names, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you know, the drummer from this band. <laughs> but yeah, there were like there were so many, and they all had different styles too, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And everything was just so unique when you were listening as like a little high school kid yeah even like the drummer from uh, Lincoln Park he had some really cool stuff okay cool because a lot of times they would play they don't show off I find like they play 
what fits to the song and mm-hmm. i think that really stands out as a drummer okay so is that like a philosophy that you've you've tried to adopt just like trying to fit the song as opposed to um doing too much i guess yeah because i've definitely i've definitely heard some songs and bands uh either live or you know in a on a cd um it's just like the drummer's doing too much and it's like too distracting from the song itself or they would do a part and i'm like what they don't need to do this part if Mm -hmm. they just stuck to even at some points where it's like the basic rhythm works better than something just a little more jazzy or something that's um, a little more involved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, writing to the part is, I find, is pretty important because, you know, a song is a collaborative process between all the members. So mm-hmm. if if the drummer tries to outplay the vocalist in a certain part, then that's just, it, it doesn't make sense, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so do you have a, a process when it comes to writing drum parts? Um, it tends to change album to album, but I think mm-hmm. what has stuck with me the most now is it always... Like when 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 Chris writes, for example, he would send over the song itself and then he would send a song without the drums. And I, would, I tend to listen to the ones without the drums first mm-hmm. to get a feel of it. And then I would write, I would start by writing, I would give it a a listen and I would just like sit there and not do anything and just listen. And and then I would give it like a second take and be like, okay, well, maybe this part could be quick or this part could be slower. And I would start like mimicking it with my hands, Mm -hmm. just like sitting at the table, just like flailing in the air. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and then once that goes down, I start like applying it on uh, like a DAW, like a MIDI drum. So I, I would write it out there, mm-hmm. or like even on Guitar Pro or something. Um, and then sometimes I would get, uh, I would get a reference. Like I'd be okay. Well, let's take a peek at the the track that Chris sent with the drums and see what he had in mind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that would work too. Okay. So I would say with the more recent stuff, a lot of it is a mix of what's been pre-written and stuff that I write because trying to write for the song is one thing, but sometimes you just don't realize you are writing a little too much for a part. Okay. And so it's nice to, to hear a different suggestion and be able to tone back a little from it and toning back has worked a lot. Okay. Nice. And, um, do you have a different process when it comes to doing covers or is it pretty much the same um with the covers it's it's more of a jam with the covers i would jam it for the first time so i would listen to it and play on the drums for it on the same time mm-hmm. and then once i get the basic idea of oh this seems cool for a cover i would like stick that or like i would i would keep that piece and then any other parts I would try to keep working on and be like, uh, well, this this part could be a little better for the cover. Like maybe I should switch switch up the speed or. But a lot of it's very feely instead of like pre-written mm-hmm. for covers. Okay. And do you have a favorite cover that you've done? Ooh, a favorite cover that I've done. Um, 
There was, I, I guess, recently there was a lot of uh, there was a K-pop song that I did on my YouTube channel mm -hmm. uh, by Luna. That was really fun to write, just because it was like I did. I listen to a lot of K-pop, mm -hmm. and it's so catchy and poppy. But at the same time, to throw on metal drums is always super fun because they they just mesh very well, in my opinion. Yeah, and so. What I wrote for the Luna song, I think I think the song's called like in English the, the song's called Heat. Okay. Luna Heat. Um L O O N A. And uh yeah, it was like I'm like writing double kicks on it and it was just a jam. It really enhanced <laughs> both worlds of what I enjoy, which is like K pop and metal. Nice. I love amalgamating that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um are there like any artists or I guess we can start with drummers like that you are looking at right now and that inspire you like whether they're they're legendary drummers or just peers right now um oh yeah oh my gosh there's so many now a lot of them are in like they're they're all in like the metal scene mm -hmm. um you know both the mats matt guards come at halpern from uh periphery and animals as leaders they're Super talented. Mm -hmm. uh, friend of mine from Holofront, uh, Devin. I never know how to say his last name because I've heard it so many in different ways from his band members, but <laughs> yeah. never from himself because I just never bothered like asking him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's Devin, Devin Adderd or Devin Attard. I'm not too sure which one. I've heard both from his members. <laughs> um, but he's from Holofront. He has been, he's super talented. He's a beast. And uh, when we when we had a short little run with his band, um, he was he taught me a lot on drums, just a lot of like stuff from setups. Um, he he helped me improve my kick pedal game better because at that time I was really um, self conscious, I'd say self conscious and just low low confidence in myself at that time and he was able to like kind of pull me out of that just by like taking a look at what i did and just kind of giving me pointers um other drummers there's nathan bula he's from uh intervals slash auras we had a tour with him and his band auras and he's also super super incredibly talented he's got a very creative mind when it comes to writing mm -hmm. and uh just watching him play nightly is super inspiring it really helped me with writing ideas as well for like this upcoming rg record mm -hmm. yeah my brain is just full of all these people <laughs> nice um so like what were some of the things that you've like picked up from these drummers like um that that have helped you with your playing um the biggest things would be creativity um like use of different items on the drum kit because i mean i've i've watched some drummers where they're like they're super incredibly skilled but they're skilled at doing like blast beats or they're skilled at mm -hmm. doing really quick rolls and I'm like yeah that's really cool but i i'm more a fan of like really spicy or creative fills or different approaches to a beat mm -hmm. 
like in in a lot of my in a lot of RGD songs, I always try to incorporate some sort of like samba beat or like a you know not your typical metal double kick stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I like that stuff. Um, so yeah, watching all these drummers, it I I get a lot of creativity from them. Even stuff that's like set up. Um, like I would be like, oh, this guy plays with a really high snare. Like his his snare is raised up very high, like mm-hmm. almost to his, I don't know, to like his stomach or something rather than his waist. And I'm like, I'm going to try that. And then I try and it works. And uh, like moving toms, different positions, stuff like that. Um, also, just even even just like movement movement and how the drummer goes about the kit or like wrist versus arms or you know finger grips all that kind of stuff there's a lot of things yeah that's really cool though yeah it's so much fun watching the other drummers play Mm -hmm. and um like when it comes to improving um as a drummer like what are some things that are that might be difficult that people wouldn't expect like adjustments that you've made that that might not be intuitive to somebody who's just learning the instrument Mm. i think most or one of the more important ones is definitely find find a setup that's comfortable for you so i know that a lot of drummers that are just starting they would go they would sit at the drum kit and they'd be like oh this is how it should be set up so i will set up this way but it doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. so they would sit down with the toms super far apart or super raised up high and they're like i can't reach it but i have to force myself to reach it but they don't realize that drum kits are very they're very versatile in um in where they can stand you know i've seen drummers that have symbols behind them for some reason and, mm-hmm. and they like throw their arms back to hit them and it just works for them yeah or i've had this i've, I've watched one drummer with like a china symbol the highest thing on the drum kit and he literally has to stretch his arms up to hit it you know mm-hmm. but it, it just works out okay. so i would say don't don't try to don't sit down at a kit and think that this is the end all setup that has been predetermined for you mm-hmm yeah and even stuff that's like discipline for is very hard for a drummer too yeah yeah i've i had a lot of trouble with with practice uh just because i never had my own kit at home Mm -hmm. so whenever i had practice it was just with the band and you know those that was just like an hour two hours at a time in a whole week and um not being able to find my own practice at home Mm -hmm. uh made things very difficult and it, it shows it really shows on stage it shows um it shows with like motivation and all that kind of stuff as well yeah so discipline is a very huge thing that uh, that uh that a lot of musicians underestimate mm-hmm. um, for sure and um are there any like other traits that um i think would would help like when it comes to improving um yeah discipline for sure would be a big one but yeah anything else that stands out um 
discipline don't be discouraged uh obviously you know there's always there's always someone that's out there that is better than you mm-hmm. i think that's the mindset you should always approach even like you could be at the top of your game but there's always going to be that other there's going to be like five other people that are still better than you and i think that should be your motivation to keep going mm-hmm. um and even taking the time like we talked about earlier like learning rudiments and stuff like that on the side taking that bit of time uh to the side and learning it and then building upon it every day is is very important just keeping your brain in the mindset i guess is is the most important and expanding on what you know and avoid plateauing and even stuff that's like listening to new music or extending what you listen to thankfully like there's spotify and youtube for that kind of stuff like recommended play uh recommended artists yeah and with that you're able to like find a new artist and with the new artist you find a new song and a new song means a new inspiration and a new inspiration means a different way to play a kit or a different way a different fill or a different beat or a new rhythm Mm -hmm. yeah so always keep expanding is like important nice um so what's your favorite thing about making music my favorite thing about making music is two things at the top of my head mm-hmm. one of them is legit enjoying the music yeah like there, there's so many times where i i catch myself like i'm just sitting at my table writing the drums and then when you're listening back to it you're like you're already bopping and you're like oh shit like this is actually pretty good <laughs> nice and like it's funny because then like someone else in the house will look at you and be like tyson you're right like <laughs> yeah man i'm just vibing like my song's awesome this song's awesome it works um it's it's a small little thing that a lot of people don't realize it's like enjoying the process is so important because mm-hmm. a lot of people just look at the end result yeah but the but the process is so important so that's that's one fun fun thing that i love about writing music the second thing i love is uh performing it mm-hmm. i love to be able to play it on stage and have these people in the crowd enjoy it whether or not they've heard it before like if they're hearing it for the first time or they're fans of it already and they're singing the lyrics it's like it's so much fun to just be able to be on stage and share this like unspoken bond with the people Mm -hmm. you know just through music through noise yeah that's awesome and um yeah the one time i did see you perform live the the thing that stood out to me the most was just how calm you looked up there like um it was like zen and it was a weird contrast like just how calm you looked with the <laughs> the technical shit that I was hearing at the same time. Oh so, um, yeah, I was just curious about, like, what's going through your head um, as you're performing live? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm always telling myself, like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one thing. Um, the other thing is just, just have fun because it's like, mm-hmm the biggest thing is that like you know people went out of their way to to see you and i think you were i think you were there for the cd release party for redeemer um i'm not sure that might have been it yeah yeah if that was the one that was like 
you know, these people in the crowd have been, they've been waiting for a while. Every time we drop a music video leading up to the album, everyone's like, yo, this is gonna be so hype. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So all these people are taking, taking their time of the day to spend an hour or two with us. And it less, less than it is a show. I always think of it as just a big hangout with all these really cool people mm -hmm. that just share the same love as you do for music. And that just makes me happy. And, you know, to be able to sit behind a kit and just, I'm always having fun behind the kit. Mm -hmm. I'm super stressed out all the time, but, <laughs> I'm, but I'm always having fun because, you know, on stage, if you show that you're stressed out, the people in the crowd will know that you're stressed out. They could mm -hmm. see it. And it's a, it's a cycle. Cause it's like, I feed off their energy. They feed off my energy yeah. and you being the forefront, if it's like, you know, whenever, whenever mess ups happen on stage, you know, like the drummer could always miss a beat, which I do all the time, especially for that show. <laughs> or like the guitarist could play the wrong riff by accident or the singer could forget a lyric. Accidents happen, but if they laugh it off, then the crowd laughs it off in a nice way. But mm -hmm. if they're, if the singer is like pissed off that they messed up a, a lyric, then it makes things, it, it sets off a weird tone for the rest of the members on stage, even if for that moment, and the crowd definitely picks up on that. And then, then you get this weird lull in the set for a moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's most important to me is just like, we're on stage, whether or not we mess up, you know, we're here for a reason. They're here for a reason. Let's just all have fun. Nice. That's a great philosophy to have for sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any, any highlights um, that stand out from live performances, like shows that have, have been like way better than, than you expected or better than any other show that you've done before? Hmm. One of my favorite shows because it was unexpected and it was because it was so different is we played a show at uh an anime convention called okay. anime north mm -hmm. which was like an annual thing in in toronto um and we played i think we played two years in a row two or three years in a row i think it was two years in a row um the first year that we played it was we were we were given the local band slot mm -hmm. which is the day before the main act slot so every year they always bring in like they fly in a band from japan and they perform it on the saturday which is like the big day mm -hmm. and the local bands get the friday so we were there on the friday we were like okay we've never done this before we have no idea what it's gonna how it's gonna play out let's just you know let's just hit up the stage and have some fun because it's a huge convention so you don't expect anyone to stop by mm -hmm. you know everyone's probably off shopping for some anime or japanese products or they're in um uh what are they called like uh conference rooms having like cool discussions or they're or they're outside taking photos or walking around meeting friends and stuff like that so like okay no one's gonna come watch us you know they've never heard of us before mm -hmm we were at the at that time we only had stories out mm -hmm. so we were still like a baby band in the scene <laughs> so it was so when it was showtime it was really cool because all these people just showed up and, and they were all wearing costumes oh, nice. uh 
a lot of people were just like dressed up and just jamming along. We're like, this is so surreal. And we're like, we're at an anime convention playing to a whole bunch of different anime characters that don't know us, but are just having a great time. And that was a really cool highlight. And we were all dressed up on stage as well. We were all oh, dressed nice. up as like uh, Lauren and Alexi. They were both dressed up in like PG onesies. Uh, Chris was dressed up as like Misty. I was dressed up as Ash. Um, our bassist at the time, Dwight, he was dressed up as like Nurse Joy. Oh, awesome. And we had such a good reaction that they invited us again for a second year. And on that second year, we played the main act slot, but opening for the main act. So we played on the Saturday right before the Japanese band. Mm -hmm. And that show was like bumping. It was like triple the size. It was a convention hall full of people watching us. Um, and it was really great feel, great sound, because it was a massive hall. So very boomy very echoey they had like lights going on and triple the amount of people dressing up that we were playing to it was very surreal oh that sounds amazing yeah i think that was definitely one of my highlights i mean there's so many awesome shows that we played in the u.s as well just because like the reception of the people and people singing along and all that stuff but i think what stood out as the strangest one was definitely the ones that at the anime convention Okay, that's really cool. And um, yeah, just a, a couple more questions before uh, we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, like if you could go back in time to when you were just starting and you could give yourself advice about drumming, like what would you tell yourself? Um, I would tell myself to take lessons or I would I would I would say take lessons or learn a lot of the technicalities whether it be like the notes literal literal writing uh, sight reading or just like stuff like rudiments and uh, yeah like all the technical stuff learn the stuff that's outside of the actual music mm -hmm. learn the stuff that builds drummers or builds the foundation for drummers okay got it I think things would be a lot different if I were, if I had picked up on that stuff at a younger age instead of trying to do it now and just like, yeah, it's it's different. It's different. It's definitely different learning at a younger age than at a more um, at an age where you're already like deep into mm -hmm. deep into the the passion. Yeah, for sure. Like you already have a, a base of base skill level, you can do a lot already. It, it's it must be a lot harder to go back and and do the basics when you can do a lot already. Exactly, because because by that point you're you're too used to doing this one thing to try to incorporate other things, even no matter how important these other things are. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of like when you're driving. Like <clears throat> if you're if you're practicing driving casually all this time and then you go to do your first drive test mm -hmm. there's a high chance you might fail because you're too used to these habits that are like actually bad yeah in terms of testing <laughs> like even like holding steering wheels in a very specific way mm -hmm. that stuff really so going backwards is a little tricky yeah 
And um, yeah, just um, the last thing, um, I wanted to go back to when you first um, noticed the drums, um, I think in, in the music room and and you you felt felt that interest, um, even if you didn't um, play right away. Like, can you maybe describe like how you felt in that moment? Because like clearly you, um, there was something there. And um, like judging by how you've taken to the instrument since then, like um, that was your thing, and you kind of recognized it on some level. And um, I'm sure a lot of people would would love to to find their thing like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, was there was there any sign or or any specific feeling that you had in that moment that that if other people could recognize, they'd be able to to connect with their thing as well? Ooh, that's such a that's actually such a good question. Um, can I provide a good answer to that? We'll find <laughs> out. Um, I'm going to say when you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I first saw the jump kit, it was just so, I was so curious and I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I could do this. I, I really, it's like this really big guttural instinct, but y- you kind of feel it in your chest. At least for me, I felt it in the chest where you kind of like, mm-hmm. It's it's a little like an anxiety feeling, yeah. but not really. It's kind of like I, I know I can do this. I I can just I, you know, if I just if I just sat behind the kit, I I can I, I can do it. I, I think I could do it. I, but it's something like that. It's like you just. It's definitely a strong feeling. Whatever type of feeling it is, it's it's a strong one. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like when you. Uh, I don't know it's like when you're when you're going shopping and you see an item and you you look at this item and you kind of think about it for a moment you're like should i get it i i think i can get it should i get it mm-hmm. will it look good on me will this taste good whatever it is yeah or you're looking at like a, a fast food menu and you're like making your decision but your eyes kind of just go back to this one item even though you keep browsing mm-hmm. like it's kind of like that it's like this weird instinct but in terms of drums it's like a it's a very it's a very stronger feeling definitely okay got it um so yeah that's pretty much it um yeah thanks again for doing this this was this was fun like um learned a lot and i'm i'm sure a lot of people are gonna get a bunch out of this um some great insight here so yeah i really hope so yeah i felt like i just kind of yeah, I really hope the stuff that I say just really uh, is is more relatable for a lot of people rather than just it being my stories. Um, no, for sure. I think there there's a lot there. So nice. Yeah, thanks for that, man. Thank you for inviting me out. This was a really great questions. I actually really enjoyed the uh, the stuff that you asked. They're very insightful. Oh, awesome. Glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Lavar. All right, thank you, man. Thank you.